This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmayer, and welcome to Keep the Faith, my weekly podcast in which we explore contemporary issues through the prism of Jewish law and tradition. In my wildest bad dreams, I never imagined that I'd be discussing what I'm about to discuss, and that I have to do so saddens me deeply. Late last year, APAC, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, announced the formation of its first-ever political action committee, which would endorse and even help finance candidates in various national elections who were considered supporters of the State of Israel. Endorsing candidates is something APAC had studiously avoided doing ever since its founding in January 1963, for good reason, now abandoned. That announcement wasn't welcomed in many quarters of the Jewish world. The fear was that APAC would feed into a classic anti-Semitic canard, that American Jews are not loyal Americans. We care nothing about this country or its democracy, the haters say. Such issues as social justice, poverty, the environment, and the like are irrelevant to us. All that matters to us, the haters say, is that America must support Israel, even if that support is not in America's best interests. Those fears came to fruition a few weeks ago, when APAC announced its list of 120 congressional endorsements for this year's midterm elections. Among those APAC says are worthy of election are 37 sitting Republican members of Congress who voted against certifying Joe Biden's election on January 6, 2021. In other words, just over one out of every three people on APAC's list voted to overturn the 2020 election and subvert the democratic process. APAC's endorsements were music to the ears of the anti-Semites among us and to the anti-Israel crowd, assuming there's a difference between the two, and I don't think there is. For example, James Zogby, founder and president of the Arab American Institute, was jubilant because, he said, APAC confirmed what he's been saying all along. Quote, I can't believe that in their own words, APAC is making the case that their loyalty to Israel trumps their loyalty to American democracy, unquote. The leader of the so-called squad in the House of Representatives, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who never misses an opportunity to condemn Jews who support Israel, had this to say. APAC was supporting, quote, Republicans who voted to overturn the U.S. election on January 6th because, according to their statement, it's more okay to dismantle U.S. democracy than it is to question if U.S. tax dollars should fund detention and abuse of Palestinian kids, unquote. Never mind how off-the-wall part of that statement is. She added, quote, We call on APAC to immediately end their support for these candidates or explain what could possibly justify supporting those who effectively sided with the insurrectionists on January 6th, unquote. The pro-Israel group J Street, a left-leaning group to be sure, and one that has been critical of some of Israel's policies in the past, echoed that part of Ocasio-Cortez's statement. In the words of Laura Birnbaum, J Street's national political director, quote, 
elected officials who threaten the very future of our country should be completely beyond the pale. APAC support for these candidates endangers American democracy and undermines the true interests and values of millions of American Jews and pro-Israel Americans who they often claim to represent, unquote. APAC's initial response to the criticism only made things worse because it seemed to confirm what the haters say. As its spokesman, Marshall Whitman, told the Jewish Telegraphic Agency, APAC is indeed, quote, a single-issue organization, unquote. As such, he said, quote, we remain focused on our mission of building bipartisan support in Congress to strengthen the U.S.-Israel relationship, unquote. APAC is bipartisan, or at least it has been and should continue to be. Until now, it has successfully attracted both Democratic and Republican office holders to its conferences because it is bipartisan. This may change, however, given these endorsements. In recent years, its strongest support has come from a large segment of Jews who support the Republican Party and who approve of virtually all of Israel's policies towards the Palestinians. J Street's appeal, on the other hand, comes mainly from Jewish Democrats who all too often misguidedly are growing increasingly uncomfortable with those policies. So this week's topic is the fury over APAC and how Jewish law looks at the issues facing American democracy. Last week, APAC President Betsy Burns Korn and CEO Howard Kaur went beyond its initial statement, managing only to exacerbate matters further. They defended the organization's endorsements in a letter to APAC members. It said in part, quote, This is no moment for the pro-Israel movement to become selective about its friends. The one thing that guarantees Israel's ability to defend itself is the enduring support of the United States. When we launched our political action committee last year, we decided that we would base decisions about political contributions on only one thing, whether a political candidate supports the U.S.-Israel relationship, unquote. The letter acknowledged that APAC made some controversial choices, but was unapologetic for having done so. Quote, We have friends in Congress who are skeptical of foreign aid for any nation except for Israel. We have friends who are pro-choice and pro-life, those who are liberal on immigration and those who want to tighten our borders, and, yes, those who disagree strongly on issues surrounding the 2020 presidential election. While these disagreements are in many respects critical to the future of America, they do not determine the fate of America's enduring commitment to the state of Israel, unquote. Issues that are, in the words of the two APAC executives, quote, in many respects critical to the future of America, unquote, don't count for much where Israel is concerned. That's probably the dumbest thing any mainstream Jewish organization could ever say. Let's look at some of these endorsements. In their letter, Betsy Burns Korn and Howard Kaur acknowledge that among its endorsees, are those, quote, who want to tighten our borders, unquote. 
on America's far right, heightening our borders is critical because of the great replacement theory they propound. A theory that says that Jews especially are trying to replace white Christian voters with immigrants, legal and illegal. An example of this was heard in 2017 during the Charlottesville riots, when neo-Nazis marched through the streets shouting, quote, Jews will not replace us, unquote. Pennsylvania Representative Scott Perry is among APAC's endorsees. Here's something he once said, quote, For many Americans, what seems to be happening, or what they believe right now is happening, we're replacing native-born Americans to permanently transform the landscape of this very nation, unquote. Another APAC endorsee is Texas Representative Brian Babin. Listen to his words, quote, We know what the grand strategy of the Democrat Party is. They want to change America. They want to replace the American electorate with third world immigrants that are coming in illegally. They want to change the electorate and put these people on a path to citizenship and franchise them with the vote to have a permanent majority. The Democrats are trying to change the America of what we know, what we love, and what we've enjoyed for 244 years, and it's despicable, unquote. Babin's comments are what's despicable, but let's move on. We had a free and fair election in November 2020. Republicans at the state level in charge of elections have said so. Donald Trump's Attorney General, William Barr, has been saying from even before Trump forced him to resign in December 2020 until now, that the election was fair. Former Vice President Mike Pence has said the election was fair. Nevertheless, on January 6, 2021, Trump supporters stormed the Capitol insisting that the election was rigged and demanding that the election be overturned. If the GOP wins back control of the House this November, the man likely to be the next speaker is the current House Minority Leader, California Representative Kevin McCarthy. On January 6th, he voted to overturn the election. He's also done nothing to curb extremists and white supremacists in his caucus, such as Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene or Ohio Representative Jim Jordan. Both Greene and Jordan have been known to express anti-Semitic views. Green is not on APAC's list, thank God, but Jordan is. To my mind, Jordan is the most dangerous and most vicious radical right-winger in the House. Aside from voting to overturn the election, Jordan played a role in what happened at the Capitol on January 6th, including two lengthy phone calls he had with Trump that morning and text messages he sent that day to Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Jordan has also been party to lawsuits trying to overturn the election, and he refuses to testify about his role that day to the January 6th committee. Louisiana's Representative Steve Scalise, the House Minority Whip, who also hopes to be the next speaker, still insists the 2020 election was stolen from Trump, despite all the Republican election officials, including even Vice President Mike Pence, who say otherwise. But there's a really scary part about APAC's endorsement of Scalise. Some years ago, he was interviewed by a Louisiana political reporter and columnist named Stephanie Grace. As she recalled that interview, quote, 
He was explaining his politics, and we were in this getting-to-know-each-other stage. That's our way of saying the actual interview hadn't begun. He told me he was like David Duke without the baggage, unquote. David Duke, as many of you already know, is the former leader of the Ku Klux Klan, a vicious anti-Semite, and a Holocaust denier. Scalise said he was like David Duke without the baggage, probably meaning that he supports the same policies Duke supports, but without the racist history that comes with Duke's ideas. Can't separate the two, yet APAC wants him re-elected. When APAC says it's single-minded in supporting candidates who are strong supporters of Israel, an endorsement in the upcoming Democratic primary in Michigan calls even that into question, because it suggests how APAC finds support for Israel. How else can we explain why APAC would choose a non-Jewish candidate over a Jewish Israel support? Two of Israel's staunchest supporters in Congress in years past were the late Michigan Senator Carl Levin and his brother, Representative Sander Levin. When Sandy Levin retired, his son Andy Levin replaced him. The younger Levin supports a two-state solution to the Israel-Palestinian conflict and has even led a group, including several other Congress members, to press for a revival of the peace process along that line. A two-state solution apparently is a grievous sin in APAC's eyes. Rather than endorse Levin's re-election, it's supporting his non-Jewish opponent in the upcoming Democratic primary. Since both candidates support Israel, APAC shouldn't have endorsed either one of the candidates. Now, hear what some of APAC's past leaders have to say about these endorsements. Tom Dine ran APAC in the 1980s and early 1990s, said he, quote, Right now, APAC is an organization without judgment and direction, unquote. Martin Raffel worked closely with APAC for many years when he was with the Jewish Council for Public Affairs, said he, quote, on the line now is nothing less than the very survival of our democracy, unquote. For nine years, Doug Bloomfield served as APAC's legislative director and chief lobbyist. He minced no words in a recent column, quote, giving its endorsement and contributions to 37 Republicans who tried to trash the Constitution and overthrow the 2020 presidential election is politically and morally unacceptable. The majority of Jewish voters are on the opposite side of the 37. Jews voted 3 to 1 for Biden, and they differ fundamentally from most Republicans on issues like climate change, guns, health care, race, LGBTQT rights, voting rights, and abortion, to name a few. Telling APAC members their money is going to help elect such candidates doesn't make sense, unquote. Others who've worked with APAC in the past have also criticized its endorsements. Abe Foxman, the now-retired longtime head of the Anti-Defamation League, said it was, quote, a sad mistake to endorse those who undermine America's democracy, unquote. He urged APAC to, quote, do the right thing for America, unquote. Haley Seifer was National Security Advisor to then-Senator Kamala Harris, as well as to Senator Chris Coons, and to former UN Ambassador Samantha Power. She's now the CEO of the Jewish Democratic Council of America. Here's what she had to say, quote, 
U.S.-Israel relationship cannot be strengthened at the cost of America's democracy. Nothing will erode bipartisan support for Israel more than the perception that support for Israel equals tolerance for hatred and insurrection at home, unquote. Richard Haas is president of the Council on Foreign Relations. He called APAC, quote, morally bankrupt, unquote. Said he, quote, APAC is short-sighted to back politicians who undermine democracy just because they support Israel. What ties the two countries is a commitment to democracy. An undemocratic America could easily distance itself from the Jewish state, unquote. So what does Jewish law have to say about all this? In previous podcasts, I've stressed that Jewish law stands for social justice, for equal treatment for everyone, for a fair and equitable judicial system, for a safer environment, for the right of every American to vote and to have that vote counted. Starting with the Torah, we're warned against misleading people about the truth of anything that could cause them to make the wrong decisions, especially about matters of consequence. Doubtless, I will continue to discuss these and other issues in subsequent podcasts. By and large, these 37 Republicans who voted to overturn the 2020 election also cast their votes against all of the issues Jewish law holds sacred. They depend in large part on the support of the radical white supremacist right wing of their party. They do support Israel, but not out of love for the Jewish state or for the Jews, there, here, or anywhere. They support Israel because their evangelical Christian supporters support Israel, and for the same reason. Unless the Jews control all of the Holy Land, Jesus can't return. And when he does return, they believe, he will either force the Jews to convert or put them, put us, to the sword. APAC has committed an egregious error and, to my mind, an even more egregious sin, or sins, actually, far more than one. These 37 endorsements show a callous disregard for everything Judaism stands for and for all the issues that should concern us because we're Jews. In doing so, APAC has thumbed its nose at American democracy, and it has given the white Christian nationalists and white supremacists who hate us and who repeatedly vow to finish the job their hero Adolf Hitler began ammunition in their efforts to delegitimize American Jews as true Americans. That in itself violates black-letter Jewish law. APAC should be as ashamed of itself as we should be ashamed of it. This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmeyer. I hope you come back for my next podcast, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about this or my other podcasts. Go to www.shammai.org, www.shammai.org, and email me, please. If you don't get the Jewish standard but want to read my latest column, go to my website's columns page. Shabbat Shalom. Stay healthy, including taking all COVID-19 precautions, including wearing N95 masks and getting fully vaccinated in booster shots. And above all, 
stay safe.